Welcome to New Life Church's weekly message. New Life Church's mission is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus through the gospel. You can find the sermon outline and video for this message at enewlife.com or the New Life Church Kahana mobile app. Well, good morning. My name is Jay. If uh, we've never met, I'm one of the pastors here at the Gehanna campus. And uh, why don't you imagine this story with me? It's a time of great rejoicing in the palace because a prince has just been born. And near the throne... There's this lively discussion going on as the king's advisors are making their suggestions concerning the best way to announce this wonderful news. They've had some uh, suggestions, some elaborate ways to publicize and to celebrate this great event. Uh, All but one have expressed their opinions, and so now the king turns to him and asks, well, how about you? Do you have any ideas? What do you suggest? Well, came the reply, I think we should send a messenger out in the middle of the night into the fields to tell some shepherds about it. I mean, what a ridiculous idea, right? And yet, that is exactly what God did to announce Jesus' birth. God's ways are clearly not our ways. Isn't that right? Well, if you have a Bible with you this morning or a Bible on your device, let me encourage you to open it to the Gospel of Luke, the third Gospel in your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke, and the second chapter, Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to be focusing on this morning. I encourage you as well to reach inside your worship folder and pull out the message notes. It has the passage that we're going to be looking at from Luke as well as a number of the other verses that we'll refer to and some blanks you can fill in if you so desire, some white space if you have some other things you want to write down. But we want to focus our thoughts this morning here in Luke chapter 2. Uh, This is a passage that even people who uh, don't go to church or who wouldn't consider themselves Christ followers are often familiar with if they've ever heard Linus read it on the Charlie Brown's Christmas. (laughs) But let's focus our thoughts on it this morning. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I'd say that was the appropriate response, wouldn't you? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, gospel. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people. 
Because today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the long-promised one, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, proclaiming are praising God and saying, we normally think of them as singing. We don't know if they said it by singing or not, but it says they said this. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it, were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Well, let me tell you a crazy story. It happened on January 12, 2007, so just about 10 years ago. A young man by the name of Joshua Bell entered a subway station in Washington, D.C. He was dressed in long-sleeved T-shirt and jeans. He found an open spot, and he took out his violin from its case, and he placed the case on the ground in front of him so that anybody who might wish could throw in a donation if they cared to do so. And then for the next 45 minutes, Joshua played on his violin. Over a thousand people passed by that day as he played. Most of them didn't pay any attention to him, didn't notice him. Most of them were too busy going here or there to even notice that he was there. But after he finished, he had collected $32 from the 27 people who had stopped long enough to listen and to give a donation. Not too bad, 45 minutes, 32 bucks, right? Not too bad. But let me tell you the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to put it. Joshua Bell is actually a world-renowned violinist. And just three days earlier... He had played to a sold-out audience at the Boston Symphony Hall. The cost of those tickets, by the way, the cheapest one was $100. And the violin that he used there in the subway was a rare Stradivarius worth over $3 million. <laughs> but most people, you see, didn't even notice him. Most of them were too busy 
going here or there to notice. Well, the same was true when Jesus came, wasn't it? Few even noticed. Except for some shepherds who were out in the middle of a field outside of Bethlehem. And they received a special announcement. And in response to that announcement, these shepherds did four things. They perceived Christ. They pursued Christ. They proclaimed Christ. And they praised Christ. Well, that's the outline I want to kind of hang these thoughts on as we look at this story a little bit together. And so follow along with me. The first thing, you can write these down in your on your message notes if you care to do so. The first thing that these shepherds did after getting this special announcement is just that they perceived Christ. I mean, have you ever wondered why God sent this special announcement to shepherds? I mean, think of all the other ways that God had, could have used to get the word out. I mean, he could have sent an angel to the temple to proclaim it to the priests. He could have sent an angel to the political leaders. He could have sent an angel to the rich and the powerful, but no. He sent a message to shepherds out in some obscure field watching their sheep. I mean, why? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us for sure, but Perhaps it's because the Bible over and over again identifies Jesus with shepherds. I mean, Jesus' own description of himself in John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, Jesus said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. David understood who the good shepherd is and what he would do. In the 23rd Psalm, you remember these words, you've heard them before. David starts, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You protect me. Your rod and your staff, those, those most common of all shepherd items, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Sheep often had the struggles of, of pests and flies in their eyes, and so shepherds would pour oil over their head to help protect them from these things. And so he says, you, you anoint my head with oil. My, my cup overflows. And surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Peter, he talks about the day when the chief shepherd shall appear again. 
In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, it says, And when the chief shepherd appears, when Jesus appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. But one of the most profound references, I think, comes from the lips of John the Baptist when he saw Jesus one day. In John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, And the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when he said those words, John was identifying Jesus with the countless lambs that were offered as sacrifices to atone for our sin. And so who better to witness the birth of the Lamb of God than shepherds? I mean, they had certainly seen other lambs born, but nothing like this lamb, right? He was different. He was special. He was born to take away the sins of the world. And so these shepherds perceived Christ. But but not only that, they also pursued Christ. The Bible doesn't tell us how long the angels stuck around. But as soon as they left, the shepherds said, hey, let's go check this thing out, right, in verse 15? In fact, I love how the message puts verse 15. It says, they said, let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And the Bible doesn't tell us either how long it took the shepherds to find Christ, but they searched for him until they did. And here's something you need to know. Christ still wants to be found. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The prophet Isaiah said these words in Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Listen to me, friends. If you have been searching for something, maybe that's why you're here this morning. Maybe there's stuff going on in your life, and you thought, well, maybe, it's, maybe the answer's at church. Maybe the answer's checking out this spiritual stuff at this season where This is kind of in the air and in people's thoughts. If you've been searching, here's what I want you to know. God is not playing hide and seek with you. That he longs, he longs to be found by you. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 says, But if 
from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. You see, these shepherds, they just didn't stay in their field. They pursued Christ. And guess what? They found him. And so can you. And I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you don't know for certain that you truly have an active, living relationship with Jesus Christ, listen, in just a little while when we sing, there'll be prayer team people here, and they would love nothing more to make that so clear to you that you can know that you know that you have found Christ as as Savior and Lord. Man, don't leave here this morning without making sure that's true for you. But after these shepherds, after they found him, it says then they went out, and the third thing they did is they proclaimed Christ. In fact, back to Luke chapter 2, look in verse 17 and 18 what it says. It says, and when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Boy, wouldn't you, have learned, wouldn't you have loved to heard that conversation between the shepherds and Mary and Joseph? You would have heard stories about angels and a special child who was God's gift to mankind. And the shepherds were amazed. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph were amazed too. And the people that the shepherds told the story to were amazed. I mean, it was one crazy story. And it still is today. It wasn't a story about chestnuts roasting on an open fire. It wasn't about Frosty the Snowman. It wasn't about some winter wonderland or about sugar plums dancing in their head. It wasn't about silver bells or brightly wrapped packages. It wasn't even about jolly old St. Nick or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was about the Savior of all mankind coming into our world in the form of a helpless baby. You know, one of my favorite Christmas songs that maybe you'll hear on the radio this time of the year, sung by Phillips, Craig, and Dean, it's called, This is Such a Strange Way to save the world. But let me ask you, is Christ who you are focused on this Christmas? Max Lucado writes these words. He said, the announcement went first to the shepherds. And they didn't ask God if he was sure he knew what he was doing. Had the angel gone to the theologians, they would have first consulted their commentaries. Had he gone to the elite, they would have looked around to see if anybody else was watching. Had he gone to the successful, they would have first checked their calendars. And so he went to the shepherds, men who didn't have a reputation to protect or an axe to grind or a ladder to climb, men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep and that messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feeding trough. I mean, what a crazy story. 
But it's one we ought to be excited to tell. This good news that would cause great joy for all people. God is stepping into our world to be the Savior that we need. And these shepherds, they couldn't help but spread the good news. How about us? I love the, the lyrics to um, one of the Christmas carols that we often sing called Go Tell It on the Mountain. It says, while shepherds kept their watching over flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. The shepherds heard and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. So go, tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Hey, what, what mountains are you crossing? to spread this good news. You see, these shepherds, they didn't share about Jesus because they felt guilty. They were excited. They had a message to tell. People needed to know. And so they proclaimed Christ. And then finally it says that they praised Christ. Verse 20 of Luke 2, it says the shepherds returned and they were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I mean, why did these shepherds praise God? It was because God had sent the greatest gift of all, His Son Jesus. God proved to them that he was real and that his promises were true. And these shepherds' lives were changed forever because they had had an encounter with Christ. And so they perceived Christ, they pursued Christ, they proclaimed Christ, and then they praised Christ. Their lives were changed forever. Hey, are, are you praising Christ today? And if not, why not? I mean, if you're not, if you're not praising Christ today, maybe you should be asking, what's holding me back? What's in my way? Maybe I'm too busy getting ready for Christmas to notice Christ. And so I would encourage you to perceive him. I mean, are you truly tuned in to what this season is all about? I mean, do you grasp who that baby in the manger is and why he's there? The Lamb of God. What good news because he came to be the Savior that we all need. I'd encourage you to pursue him. 
that if you do not have a living, active relationship with Jesus, that the best gift that you could give yourself this Christmas is to find him today. You see, we worship Jesus in the manger. We rejoice at the empty tomb, but we meet Jesus at the cross where he shed his blood, where he paid the price for our sin and then makes the offer that we could could have that great exchange, our sin for his righteousness. I'd encourage you to proclaim him. That are you excitedly spreading this good news to everyone around you, that the Savior The Messiah has come, and you can know him. You can have hope and purpose and meaning. In a world that is so searching for those things, that hope and purpose is meaning, and meaning is only found in a relationship with Jesus as Savior and Lord. And then I would encourage you to praise him. That if you do know Jesus today as your Savior and your Lord, that he is worthy of our worship, isn't he? And so let's be standing. Let's do that right now. Let's put into practice this part of prayer. Let's, let's give our best effort to praising Jesus. And again, I want to encourage you that while we're singing, there'll be prayer team people here on both sides. And if, if you're going through anything in your life right now, that you would just benefit from having someone pray with you and pray for you. Maybe you're facing difficulties. Maybe you're facing hardships. Maybe you need healing in some way. Man, these people would love to pray with you and help you just take that to Jesus. If you're unclear that you really do know Jesus in a personal way, again, these people would love to talk with you about that as well. So take advantage of it as we sing. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, Lord, we have so much to be grateful to you for. But certainly at this time of the year, our thoughts turn to the fact of what a great thing it is that you would love us enough to leave behind all that heaven entailed, to step into our world, to step into humanity, to take on the form of a helpless babe, all so that you could grow, all so that you could live, and ultimately so that you could die to pay the sin price for our sin. And so God, right now, help us as we, as we sing, as we offer our praises to you as, a, as our way of saying thank you, Jesus. Receive it now, we pray, in your name and for your glory. Amen. Visit us each week as we continue to journey through God's Word and seek to know Him better through the Gospel. Our prayer is that the Gospel has taken a deeper hold of you as we have studied the Word together at New Life Church, where Jesus is front and center all the time.